0: Already, so I definitely want to make our center story today the Amazon vote because this has been something that we've been talking about as a through line for the podcast, and it's something that's close to uh, my heart. So, yeah, yeah uh, Bessemer, Alabama, the workers voted two to one uh, unioni- uh, against unionizing their labor force. The final
1: the disparity of the vote is what really took me by surprise.
0: Yeah, the final vote is. Uh, 1,798 votes against unionizing to 738 votes in favor. Mm-hmm. Um, super heartbreaking blow to workers' rights advocates uh, throughout the country. Um, I'm sure the people that are really fighting for the true reality of the situation, they're in Bessemer, heartbroken by it. And But, you know, it, it's expected. A lot of the people who, you know, investigate this stuff and are uh, getting their... Hands involved in this stuff are not surprised by this at all. Um,
1: I saw the the union that was um, supporting the workers. They're like going to do an investigation now, or they're asking for an investigation by someone.
0: Yeah, well, uh, I want to touch on that first. I want to get to the speculation as to like why it happens because I think that's important to address first. And uh, basically, it's a combination of three different things that you'll be hearing from. Three different angles. Uh, Amazon had too much influence and swaying opinion, which we've talked about before. I'm going to want to touch on that again a little bit later. Uh, Regulations against unions impeded the path to unionization, uh, which we've talked about. And again, I'm going to want to touch on that. And then, uh, of course, what we're going to be hearing, too, is that workers just don't don't want to risk losing their warehouse job that would be paying uh, twice as much as well as any other average job in Jefferson County. Or, that, I believe that's, that's what a, I started
1: thinking that that they were just like genuinely concerned that Amazon was going to retaliate by closing or something.
0: It's a it's a real reality, definitely. So I want to explore this reality first because it's definitely the one that the uh, right wing media is going to attach on to, and um, it's something I thought about a lot. I' uh, going to get a little anecdotal in a moment here, um, but yeah, you know, the truth lies in all three of these things. Um, I've been paying attention to Fox News. Uh, YouTube type people like Ben Shabibo, Ben Shapiro, and uh, they're pretty much only focused on this aspect of it. That you know, it they're pay, getting paid twice as well. So why would they want to unionize? Um, so this is useful to examine because it displays as well one as
1: of, minimum wage
0: exactly. Right. So um, and, and then that that's the average investor. It's fifteen thousand is the average investor. So wow. uh, it's useful to to explore this. Uh. This rhetoric tactic, because it displays one of their most useful and pernicious styles of rhetoric, um, which really latches on to the people that listen to right-wing media, uh, that and really doesn't examine past the talking points of what they're saying. Um, This is a classic example of what is called predator mission in in debate. It's basically lying by omission. Uh, You're honing in on one thing of this entire story that is fair to criticize, and but you know by only confining yourself to the criticism, it's Presenting a bad faith representation of reality. And they build their positions by relying on, you know, snapshot, short-term memory context of an issue, as opposed to larger, more contextualized framings of a story that would be backed up by the through line of history and, you know, giving wider economic analysis, which is what I want to do today. Okay. Um. So, you know, first, I don't blame the workers, of course, for voting no, of, of, for having access to a decent paying job in the area. It's completely pragmatic. They have families yeah. they need to support for. And, you know, it's easy to ask the questions, uh, well, why are the wages so low around here without... It's a lot harder, you know, to solve that answer with the means that are necessary to solve that that problem. But we can at least answer the question, though. And this would reflect back to why the struggle between Amazon and its workers has been happening in the first place. And, you know, the truth is these no-votes are the result of corporations denying better ways of living for the American people for decades. And I think a good point in time to look at briefly um, would be back when my father was actually born. Uh, you know, it, you talk about your dad a lot mm-hmm. and I feel like this would be a good time to give that a shot. Cause I, I do admire my dad pretty greatly. Uh, he is a super old timey guy. He was born in the roaring twenties. <laughs> uh, even his name Cecil is a relic of a bygone era. Boomers were basically Zoomers in my father's eyes, you know? Like, he's he's of a way different time. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, this is actually... Per- he was born in the perfect point of the culture of what was Union America. He was born in January of 1922, which was right at the year or two end of the progressive era of American history, which was when unions revolutionized our workforce with things that we take for granted today, like weekends, vacations, 40-hour work weeks. Uh, But, you know, we also got phrenology and eugenics in this era. So (laughs) uh, kind of a mixed bag there, you know, because that essentially created Nazis. But that's usually how humanity progresses. You get some good and bad. Uh, But it's also worth noting that the Heron Massacre, which was uh, arguably the most heinous act of violence perpetrated on labor organizers in American history happened in June of this year uh, when my dad was just 5 months old and you know we can explore that that's a whole that's a whole other thing awful but um so the discourse at this time would be about you know the largest victory labor has ever won in America you know i doubt anyone would be t- trying to call at this point unions you know dirty commies because now every single person has the right to vacations and 40 hour works weeks now because of these people's efforts so and then you also have people recognizing that the battle for decency was still far from over because people were getting uh, run down and beaten and pissed on in the streets for trying to fight for workers' rights. Um, so he, he grew up seeing... So that was his, that, that's what he came into. That's the, the world he came into. And then he grew up seeing unions gain even more prominence with steel and manufacturing industries that grew up... They, that grew the middle class of, you know, white guys but either way uh, the middle class into something that stabilized capitalism in a way that no one has ever seen before and this is the part of american history that gets swirled into the mythos of the maga fueled american firsters of today you know this is the part of history they cling on to to try to make america great again
1: was uh, uh, was was a work week way way more than 40 hours back then like normal?
0: Oh, oh, oh yeah, they would they would run you sixty seventy hours a week in hor- yeah. children and children too in horrible working conditions, mines of uh, you know factories. It was a nightmare. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Um, so you know, my father was keenly aware of this. This is what he was surrounded in, and it made him take a very affirmative and proud pro union stance in the newspaper that he owned and run and edited. So, you know, which something I'm very proud of him for that he was on the right side of history on this issue.
1: And uh, that now, was in Pennsylvania, right?
0: Yeah, Suncanick where we grew up. He you know the New Age Examiner? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's my that's my family's newspaper. That's we my family started that newspaper.
1: But when when you were born in Colorado, right? Your dad did some newspaper work out there <laughs> yeah. too.
0: Yeah, so that was basically um after he sold a newspaper and oh. wanted wanted to settle down, he started a ranch in Colorado, didn't like that, missed the newspaper life, and went and started, you know, worked for a really tiny, small newspaper in Colorado, and that's where I was born.
1: All right, sweet.
0: Yeah. Um. So, you know, when I started looking for jobs at 15, my father would tell me how ubiquitous, ubiquitous, uh, you know, asking for your starting wage when you would be applying to places as a young boy, like... It, the concept of wage negotiation is so ingrained into his culture. it was it was all-encompassing. It was essentially the way society functioned. yeah, um, this is something we don't even consider as a possibility anymore, you know, because when you go to find work, you just accept the minimum wage. Then you you know, if you apply at some grocery chain or really any kind of small business to large business chain establishment, you're shown anti-union propaganda during your training. Uh, the power to collectively bargain for wages doesn't even enter into our brain anymore, which is arguably the main thing that was keeping liberal economics in America in homeostasis in the way that it was able to. Uh, this is why the average yearly income in Bessemer, again, is around $15,000 a year, around to Amazon's warehouse job of $32,000 a year.
1: And so yes. $32,000 does not include benefits, and you would assume people making fifteen generally aren't even getting benefits, right?
0: Exactly. Yeah. And and that's before taxes. And, you know, I'm sure with standards of living in that area, it's still like fine. But again, even with these no votes, it's pragmatic. I get it. But it's still wrapped up in the same injustices that allowed Amazon to tip the scale with the influence in the way they did, they did to be able to get the no votes that they got. And I have a really nice quote here from uh, Rebecca Gibbon. She's a labor studies professor at Rutgers, and she told the Vice... Um, About And the National Labor Review Board elections are not a reflection of whether workers want a voice on the job, but they rather show the imbalance of labor law and resources in favor of employers. And I think that's poignant and to the point. Mm -hmm. So that's me examining the first part of the three realms of speculation as to why this happened. And I think that's a more honest examination than anything you'll be hearing from right-wing media to that point.
2: do
1: do, do you think like ignoring the fact that amazon totally missed the possibility that this they would try to unionize with their algorithms um do you think bessemer was the one to try to unionize simply because they have that history there
0: yes i think that. yeah i think that played the key role is like because that's basically what it seems like they put the warehouse in bessemer and within a year, the unionization efforts started to happen, which is why the, uh, anti-union algorithms that Amazon have that has to, that is able to suppress these efforts that slipped through those really mm-hmm. quickly. So I think that's why they had the history there. That's why this vote was so important. If it's not going to happen here, I don't know with Amazon how it might be able to happen, but you know, the fight's not over yet. Um, so to go over the other points, uh, Alex Press, remember, we kind of went over, she did an article for the New Republic. She did reporting for Jacobin on this. And I kind of want to refer to her again to go over some of the other points because she kind of highlights it over again. Okay. Um, So, as far as tipping the scales go with Amazon, we all know that it happened. I think it's worth, I think it's worth running it down bullet by bullet so just we can get the main large picture of this. So, the most recent revelation that we got, which is why this, uh, this vote is getting contested to the NLRB um, is because we now know that Amazon pressured the United States Postal Service to put illegal, hollowed-out ballot collection boxes on their grounds so that they could see who's putting ballots in and whatnot. Um, So that is getting addressed. Uh, They also held captive audience meetings. So first thing you would have to do in the morning showing up to your job at the warehouse is go to these mandatory sessions where worker heard. Where workers heard uh, management tell the big lie of anti-union propaganda, which is that it will cost workers more money to be in a union than not, which is um, demonstrably false.
1: But not Uh, a surprise. A lot of people would buy into it.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, And they texted workers up to five times a day telling them to vote no. Uh, They pay. Yeah, right. They papered the facility's bathroom stalls with anti-union flyers at shit taking eye level they outfitted temp workers uh, ineligible for the union but especially vulnerable to management pressure with vote no swag ensuring they'd serve as walking anti-union propaganda on the shop floor wow. uh, they paid nearly yeah right we didn't go over that uh, they paid nearly ten thousand dollars a day to coke back think tanks to Um, construct the PR and the anti-union propaganda about this. So Coke, as always, is fucking Mm -hmm. involved in this. Um, And then they pressure Jefferson County uh, into manipulating their traffic light patterns near the warehouse so that people wouldn't be able to stop and uh, see the unions um, uh, protesting and picketing efforts. So So they got the
1: local municipality involved, they got did you say they got the postal service involved?
0: Yes. Wow. Yeah, and for and uh, the same thing with Jefferson County. At first they denied it and then they admitted it. <laughs> same thing with the USPS. Uh So, you know, most of this actually is legal. Um even if it wasn't, though, enforcement for trying to bust unions is pretty much nil in this country. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to that, I want to refer to the Economic Policy Institute, which launched a FOIA request. And they were able to obtain all 3,620 NLRB elections that were either filed or occurred in the calendar year of 2016 to 2017. Uh, the study that resulted from this showed two things. First, the U.S. employees, or I'm sorry, U.S. employers... Uh, spend $340 million a year on union avoidance. And the other thing that it showed was U.S. employers are charged with violating federal law in 41.5% of all union election campaigns. That's charged. Mm-hmm. So That shows how egregious, just in general, employers put their hands into this stuff and get in trouble with it, not to mention the people who are able to like buy their way out of not getting in trouble for doing it, like Amazon's able to.
1: Do you um, think at their at their captive audience meetings where pro union people couldn't even have meetings like on the campus, right? Do you think at these um meetings um, they were trying to make the workers do you think they were saying anything about how the union would affect Amazon as a company, or do you think they were purely telling the workers about how it would affect the workers because like is it's, it's obvious because U S companies are dropping hundreds of millions. It's obvious, right? That the unions would hurt companies. We, we, we can, we can debate how much it helps employees, right? That's a separate thing, but it's obvious that it would hurt companies. So is Amazon saying like, don't fuck us guys.
0: Well, hold on. Hurt companies. I want to, I want to kind of contest the framing of that, too, because it can hurt, I don't know, um, the share of profits that uh, CEOs get. But as far as productivity, that that doesn't get affected by by this at all. In fact, there's there's research to show that productivity goes up if people are unionized because morale's better.
1: Oh, I'm um, not even like I'm saying it's obvious. OK, let me. It's obvious that the companies don't want unions, so they they from for, their for perspective their it, it hurts them. Yeah, yeah. They, they they perceive that it hurts them. So yeah, do you think that's part of the conversation that they're having with their employees in these captive audience meetings, saying like you guys are going to screw Amazon if you do this?
0: Oh, it's, it's absolutely. I've seen it. It's been linked before, like the videos they show. It yeah, that's in there. Definitely, that you're you're hurting us. Yeah. You're gonna have to pay more. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's ghoul as shit. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, like as far as Amazon tipping the scales g- g- go, I think Jeff Bezos was beating his damn head on the scales like a goddamn dippy bird. As far as I'm concerned, so that's all I'm gonna say about that. Uh, and then what was the third thing? Speculation. Uh, oh, yeah, regulations so the the reason all this is able to happen in the first place, all this ridiculous, blatant like immoral behavior is because the laws are set up this way to allow it to happen this way. <laughs> um, and again, I'm gonna yield to Alex Press from Jacobin again, who touches on this a little bit in a. In a vital way. So she says, perhaps just as important was Amazon's success in setting the terms of the union itself. During NLRB hearings prior to the vote, the company argued that bargaining unit should be 5,800 people rather than the 1,500 person unit for which the union had filed. Under existing law, the employer has standing to say which workers should be in a union and which shouldn't. Right. Further, under a 2017 NLRB decision, it is easier than ever for the boss to determine the size and scope of a bargaining unit. Amazon won the argument over the union's size, adding many more temporary seasonal workers in the unit that thereby uh, inflated the number of people or organizers needed to reach. Contacting these workers, persuading them, keeping track of them, and inoculating them against the boss's scare tactics and propaganda takes immense amount of time and energy, More than 3,000 workers signed union cards by mid January, which I'm going to use that as a point to get to later. But by the time that, uh, but you know, time and energy that might have otherwise been devoted to shoring up a majority of the original 1,500 person bargain union. When I I
1: heard that Amazon was. um, Sorry. When I heard that Amazon. (laughs) um, That they were negotiating. With the union about who could and could not be or should and should not be considered a member of the union, like who's who's eligible to be in, in the potential Amazon union. I was I was totally under the impression that they were trying to reduce the scope. But now that you say it, it like it's obvious that they would want to increase the scope, muddy the yeah, waters.
0: Exactly. You can It, get it just people- like
1: really threw me off.
0: Yeah, because you can get the revolving door type of people into this pool. You know, it just gives you, yeah, it's, yeah again, muddies the waters. It stretches resources, makes it easier to propagate to people. Yeah, it's a mess. So um, just shows the incredible leverage that employers have over their workers in this regard. Uh, the deflation in morale and resources that, again, we are talking about, it's an outcome that was created by the national labor relations act of 1935. Uh, This was part of FDR's second new deal, um, which, you know, was a part of the greater new deal. He did like a second part of it. It guarantees the right of private sector employees to organize and trade unions, engage in collective bargaining and take collective action uh, such as strikes and protests. Um, So, you know, While these efforts definitely were meritorious, one flaw in this bill does allow for these battles between employers and union organizers to go on for months. And there's uh, more equitable systems in the world. Uh, I think we've mentioned it before. Canada uh, allows workers to vote on unionization within a week after the union files for it. And uh, I do want to mention that this system actually kind of sucks. It's actually a system that conservatives of Canada put into place to curb unionization rates. And what they had before that was the car check system, which allowed for a union to be certified without the need for a vote if a, more, if a majority of employees signed a union membership card. Which uh, that 3,000 number, people who signed the membership card that I mentioned earlier, that's more than the amount of people that voted total in this vote. Mm-hmm. So, if we had that law they would none of this would be happening right now
1: yeah it's really just a war over nudging um groups of people it's like um historically when 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 people would get hired into like salaried careers they'd have to fill out a bunch of paperwork which would include opting into some sort of retirement investment account and historically Um, it would be like the default would be that you don't opt in. And so you would have to like choose to do it and no one would ever choose to do it. The, the people who convert to having a retirement in in this way is extremely low. So one day they're like, well, why don't we just make it the default that you are in the investment account? And then you could opt out instead and and all of a sudden, you know, the numbers were dramatically, dramatically different. You're talking, you know, somewhere in the ballpark of a quarter of people to almost everybody just because you changed the default. So, yeah, there's, yeah. there's so much influence that can happen from Amazon and to extend it to like the elections from other countries, from Facebook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you really it, it's important to think about things in like large groups and and how that is different from thinking about individuals. And and that comes down to probability of statistics and those sorts of things.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah, it's, it's, it's really pernicious for sure. Um, That's basically all I had on the story. I think that was the best way to examine it. Kind of hear the talking points that were going on and pick apart each one. Uh, They're all true, but uh, I don't know. I, yeah we'll see how it goes with the with the appeal i don't think I honestly don't think anything's gonna come from it We'll see um the n l r b is pretty gutted so uh there's a pro act that's what they're calling it there's there is an act in Congress that i believe passed the house um that's going to try to uh, get rid of a lot of these bullshit laws that are straight up against workers, so we'll see how that goes it's Another bill from this administration that I like, which is crazy. I cannot, I'm shocked how much legislation I'm actually like kind of digging coming from this administration. I can't remember the, I don't think I've ever like, uh, enjoyed seeing policy so much in my life. (laughs) It's always, (laughs) it's always sucked. (laughs) Policy has sucked my whole life. (laughs) Like, uh, I mean, of course, there's some good things here or there Not, that doesn't come, necessarily come through legislation. Like when they legalized gay, gay marriage, like that was basically an executive order, right? I have no idea. I think it was. And then uh, Trump tried to, or to, er, I don't know if it was Trump or the, Supre- yeah, the Supreme Court was trying to mess with it like right before the election.
2: I. I
1: mean... Not, not to get off on that tangent, but I don't see what could have ever been an argument for making gay marriage illegal in the first place, except for that, like people would try to take advantage of the system to get tax breaks or
0: something. I just realized I didn't know this. I, I double checked. Uh, it's the, it's their official policy platform of the GOP is uh, anti-gay marriage. Again, it's like it's like an official thing on the platform. Okay, how, how fuck How fucked is that? Just taking steps back, thinking it will work.
1: How could they possibly think it will work, though? There, there I, simply is not a majority of people in this country who, who I don't know.
0: I honestly think they're just doubling down on trying to get the extremist vote. Um, I, I, the more I, it's just another data point to point to that theory. <laughs> right is that because like
1: they're worried about some something akin to a tea party fracturing the gop even more so they're like w- well w- th- we need to be more concerned about keeping the far right and less concerned about the people in the middle because they're always gonna flip flop
0: yeah, yeah so that makes sense right because it, w- it is a cycle so if you look at uh Right after Obama got elected and the Tea Party started, it was a serious concern within the GOP that it was going to fracture the Republican Party, and they were they were successful. Like a lot of there's still a handful of uh, Tea Partiers in, in on in Congress today. So, uh, don't
1: yeah. they understand
0: that well, that well, hold fractures
1: on, can, the party in a two party system? You well, can't have another party. You just can't.
0: So this is actually yeah to, to, to that point. It, the thing is. That has been their their main successful coalition building effort. It goes back to the Southern strategy, right? Before the Southern strategy, uh, everyone in the South was Democrats and super racist. Strom Thurmond um, called his party down there the Dixiecrats. And then think tanks were like, we need to get that racist vote. Mm-hmm. And... Roger Stone actually grew his career in these think tanks, by the way, um, and they were able to turn all the Democrats down south into Republicans to appeal to their uh, anti civil rights uh, sentiment. That's how they did it, and it's still that way. Which is funny when you hear criticisms on the right being like, "Yo, the left is so wrapped up in ID poll uh, identity politics when their main foundational base to win elections, especially down in the south." Is like the biggest reach of identity politics, identity politics we've probably like ever seen in this country. So it's fucking absurd. Um, and yeah, this actually kind of ties into the next thing I wanted to talk about. Now that we're off the Amazon thing, because Tucker is using white nationalist talking points again, and I want to, I want to go to that.
1: Hey, thanks for the follow, Anarcho Taco.
0: Yeah, awesome. Thank you. Um. So, do you have the can we play clips on here?
1: We can. They'll just um come out of your mouth.
2: What? <laughs> it'll
1: be, <laughs> it'll have, have you seen
0: the video feed? Yeah. Oh. So it's still going to be audio.
1: <laughs> oh, well yeah, now that you mention it, I could put the actual video clip on here, couldn't I?
0: Yeah, yeah I could do that. Sure. I yeah. didn't even think so- about that. <laughs> Get, get get the get the document up, okay,
1: uh, so I need to go to my drive,
0: yeah, Tucker Carlson's using the replacement theory talking point, which is probably the number one talking point in neo fascist and white nationalist uh organizations, okay yeah, real, real cool stuff.
1: Did I know what replacement theory is?
0: I'll get into it, I guess we'll we find know. out yeah I mean, you could probably infer
1: okay uh um, think
0: of think of what what white nationalist replacement theory would be
1: something about becoming less pure
0: essentially, it's like they're replacing us <laughs> it's basically it who are they all the theys. all the they well,
1: okay, I just gotta make sure I'm not violating um t o s by playing this. But this is on YouTube, so we're good.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure... I've seen people on Twitch playing this this clip, so it should be fun.
1: In the segment below, this is Carlson speaking with Mark Stein. There's a couple different videos here, and I'm going to make sure I'm grabbing the right one.
0: I think I'm picking you up in my audio.
2: I don't hear myself. That's good. Um. Is this
1: it? This is seven and a half minutes long?
3: Talking about Delta. No. So an airline, no? they find-
1: okay, so it's the video and the tweet here,
2: yeah because this yeah, is that's one of the full ten-
0: that's the full interview I and mean, we don't need that
2: all right, wait let me gotta get my system I'm looking for a specific tab that I know I'm capturing and I can't
0: I'm going to want to design my background at some point
1: okay <laughs> yeah we were we were originally building like a pixelated office space that like I could walk I around that. in and stuff okay. I kind of like this though so maybe we'll do both there's something but I kind of like this it, it gives me like a like a, a cable news vibe you talking
0: <laughs> yeah definitely it's kind of sick actually <laughs> and you nail you nailed my color palette down oh
2: good <laughs> i'm
1: so confused right now because in my obs i'm seeing the browser window i'm looking for but I, I can't find it in my computer.
2: <laughs> so I will just use a different browser window. Um, I'm sorry. Could you just like introduce this video again real
1: quick?
0: So yeah, Tucker Carlson has a daytime show now, which as if we didn't need enough of his stupid uh, goddamn face on TV, but uh, he I don't even know the name of the guy he had on I don't care uh Tucker is again using white nationalist talking points uh he's not specifically engaging with replacement theory like specifically uh when like minorities are trying to replace white people uh he's doing it in a more broader sense uh but this is basically the main talking point of neo fascist movements um, mm-hmm. and he's just being a straight up idiot he's straight up using the word replacement in a dumb rant about how uh one man one vote doesn't apply to our way of living anymore because immigration exists so yeah let's watch that
2: let's <laughs> cut to the clip <laughs> and here it comes
4: I'm laughing because this is one of about 10 stories that I know you've covered um, where the government shows preference to people who have shown absolute contempt for our customs, our laws, our system itself. And they're being treated better than American citizens. Now, I know that the left and all the little gatekeepers on Twitter become literally hysterical if you use the term replacement. If you suggest that the Democratic Party is trying to replace the current Electorate, the voters now casting Mm. ballots with new people, more obedient voters from the third world. But they become hysterical because that's, that's what's happening actually. Let's just say it. That's Mm. true. Mm. If, if, look, Mm. if this was happening in your Mm. house, if you were in sixth (laughs) grade, for example, and without telling you, your kid, your parents adopted a bunch of new siblings and gave them brand new bikes and let them stay Mm. up later and help them with their homework and gave them twice the allowance that they gave you. You would say to your siblings, you know, I think we're being replaced by by kids that our parents love more. And it'd be kind of hard to argue against you because look at the evidence. So this matters on a bunch of different levels. But on the most basic level, it's a voting rights question in a democracy. One person equals one vote. If you change the population, you dilute the political power of the people who live there. So every time they import a new voter, I become disenfranchised as a Mm. current voter. So I don't Mm. understand why we don't understand this. I mean, everyone wants to make a racial issue out of it. Ooh, the, you know, white replacement theory. No, no, no. This is a voting rights (laughs) question. I have less political power because they're importing a brand new electorate. Why should I sit back and take that? The power that I have damn. as an American, guaranteed at birth, okay. is one man, I one vote. I honestly didn't hear him it. like. No, they're not allowed to put up that. the shield of actually like.
0: That doesn't. That's not how it works, Tucker. By the way, you can't just say, "Hey, I'm not using uh, white replacement theory right now," while using white replacement theory. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, um, it's not. I mean, you can't say everything he. You can't say no. he's wrong about everything.
0: No, he is absolutely wrong about everything he's saying. If you immigrate here and become eligible to vote, it's still one man, one vote.
1: No, but but he's saying people who were born here are having their vote diluted because of immigration. Right.
0: It's literally been that way forever.
1: Well, that's that's where I was going to say next. That's like that is fundamental to the history of America.
0: Yeah, and then people who are born here and then turn eighteen dilute the people of uh, people who are born here and have been older than eighteen for longer than than them. And and that's probably
1: who who they should feel most threatened by, right?
0: Yeah, the youngins. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, because they're sick. They're done with this shit. That's for sure. Wow. Uh huh.
2: It's so blatant. Um,
0: But so,
1: but, I but I mean, do people who are concerned about things like replacement theory, do they have of like, do they have any justification in expressing their concern? Or, or is basically what's happening here is Tucker knows what a large group of his viewers want to hear and he's saying,
0: Yeah, no, yeah, It's just fear mongering. That's it. Immigration doesn't hurt us it never has
1: right and but as we've said before there's a history of um people who are here rejecting new immigrants at least for one like generation you could say it about even people with light skin like the irish right say that again Even even like people who've immigrated here in waves in history, like we've always rejected them, even if they were light skinned people from a European country.
0: Yeah, definitely. And we would do mental gymnastics to make them not white skinned people like we would call Italian people like olive skinned and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, it's no different. Um, And I I make the argument that in like 20 years, we'll be calling Hispanic people white or Latinx people white or whatever. Like, it's, it seems to be how the shit works.
1: I already do call them white, actually. My my wife is, right, from South America, and her younger brother really rejected the idea that he was white Um, for a while. I tried, well, we were, like, talking to him, like, yeah, you're from, you know, South America, you're L- Latino but you're also white. And he's like, I'm not white. Like, well, yeah, you're kind of (laughs) white. And, and it it actually got me thinking, like when you have to fill out paperwork at a doctor's office or wherever, um, the, the, the distinction about whether or not you're Hispanic is always separated from everything else related to ethnicity or anything like that. Right. Mm -hmm. Which I always thought was weird. But lately I've been thinking maybe it's because we need a way to distinguish from Hispanic whites and European whites or something.
2: Uh I mean I don't know. I don't
0: know why we we have to like make distinctions people.
1: No, I I agree. I, I guess, you know, why I started saying this is because I, I feel like I've been calling you know, Latin people, white forever.
0: Oh yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Definitely. And like, uh, I want to bring up, you know, David Pakman again, who I've mentioned, you've seen clips of him. He looks and sounds white, mm-hmm. but he's like, his genetics is Ashkenazi Jew. And he's, and on his census, he's, uh, Hispanic because he's from Argentina. So it's like, mm. Yeah what is he really? He's, he's just a person made up of a bunch of arbitrary distinctions.
1: So, that, but you can't, you can't just sit down with some white supremacists and tell them that their philosophies aren't, aren't legitimate. Right. Why? So, <laughs> they're not. <laughs> Cause they won't have it. <laughs> they just won't listen.
0: I know. But like they, I, I would rather, um, uh, give them blunt honesty than like i don't know tell them they're justified that's that's epistemology it's the difference between justified uh opinion or sorry the difference between justified belief and opinion there's a distinction between those things yeah and that, is. that's an important that's an important thing to be aware of
1: but there's like this there's something special right about white nationalism that makes it like impossible to rationalize it away for someone who genuinely believes in it
0: no you just explain to them the history of of whiteness like I've seen people de-radicalized off-white nationalism after they understand the history of whiteness and like where where that came up from it's possible it just takes a while de-radicalization is not easy for any one person at all it's a long process but you know it, it can't be done by, like, uh, kowtowing to their, like, fucking insecurities.
1: <laughs> well, if we, can, if we can de-radicalize these people with some basic information, why don't we get in touch with Fox News? They're, like, a great place <laughs> to transmit that information from.
0: Yeah, and they are fair and balanced, so they will give out information that is fair and balanced, right?
1: Get me on there, with Tucker. I'll, I'll, I'll have a chat.
0: Dude, I would love to talk to him. <laughs> I saw him talk to the Arkansas governor after he vetoed the trans bill. He'd probably bill.
1: fucking mow us over with his with his slick talking. I,
0: I would run him over on the trans issue. I saw him try to, I saw him run over the Arkansas governor and it's like these people just unfortunately are too old to know what they're talking about. He did you know about that story? The no. trans, the whole thing going on in Arkansas? Well, is that the first
1: state or whatever to, to uh ban... to basically ban
0: trans children? yeah like trans children are banned yeah yeah they they,
1: they literally made it like so in someone who's in the middle of um someone who's currently chemically transitioning has to stop provided they don't leave the state They, they just have to stop cold turkey right and and the governor tried vetoing it because of things like that where it was like clearly inhumane but
0: yeah, it's 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 telling well he tried to veto it he was taking the uh the libertarian position that the state and the government has no right to in- intervene on the relationship between a doctor and parents Yeah, which it, that yes. But um he but he but when he was on Tucker he wasn't able to defend the science and the research cuz politicians are not usually well versed in that kind of thing that's just the, the reality of the situation so. Mm-hmm. Like he got he got steamrolled on talking points of like Tucker settled on calling puberty blockers chemical castration. Like that term was accepted by the governor, which I never would allow because that's not what it is. Yeah. Rough stuff. Um, well, castration
1: that, implies um, being a male first, right?
0: Yeah. Well, or no. No. you can, you can do the reverse too.
1: Is it called castration on people who were born female?
0: What? Well, he was using the term incorrectly anyway, so fucking whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, yeah, like Tucker steamrolled him on the talking point that there's not a lot of research on this, which like is and isn't true. It depends on what you're talking about. There's a ton of research on puberty blockers, but either way, that the Arkansas governor wasn't able to like. St- oh man, it's it's such a steamrolling interview. And then like the last thing Tucker says, he's like, well there you go. That's the conservative position. Mm. Like, Oh, (laughs) and I'm just like, yes, it is. It actually is the conservative position. This is the libertarian right position (laughs) that you're a part of the Cato Institute. (laughs) What the fuck?
1: My, Uh, my dad was a Republican. He listened to rush like every day. I don't know that he watched a lot of Fox news because he didn't really have cable, but he probably did when he did. Um, and he would just like randomly bring things up to me that seemed out of nowhere. So he must have heard it from Rush or something. You know, yes. he'd be like, oh, you know, That's, I don't I don't believe um, that people under the age of 18 can realistically decide if they're transgender or not.
2: Yeah. Like, it's you know, you're, you're
1: allowed to have any opinion you want, but you don't know anything about the decades or even longer centuries worth of research into this field and there's a frankly like you were just saying there's a difference between um transitioning and Stallman. blocking puberty
2: yeah
0: um yeah, a couple points to that. One thing I've realized today when I was just kind of sitting thinking is like it's impossible to like always properly defend against right wing talking points because they manifest out of thin air. <laughs> so you're constantly bludgeoned with like <laughs> something you would never think of because it doesn't come any, out of any kind of like existing logical framework. Yeah, but uh, <laughs>
1: it's like, how do I react to this? <laughs> <laughs>
0: well yeah.
1: I'm, I'm on national television, there's a camera in my face, and I'm a governor, not a scientist. I can't win here.
0: Yeah. But um Yeah, the whole research behind pewter blockers is pretty fucking solid. I mean, I don't know. We could we could talk about it, but I don't have anything written down about it. It's, we could talk they've about been it. Around, they've I, been I around think what really days. matters
1: is we're not the people we're not the people who should be we're not the authorities on the matter, right? So we could talk about it and Tucker can talk about it, but none of the three of us are the authorities on this matter. Yeah. And and is Tucker getting um professionals in the field of, of trans people? Like does he interview those no. people on Fox News she or never, he just no, no. No, they just they just they just trap people into really shitty corners live on TV to reinforce their like really unfortunate opinions about things.
0: The only quote unquote progressives you'll ever see on Fox news are Jimmy Dore and Tulsi Gabbard. And they go on there just to shit talk on the left. So it you're, you're, yeah, you're not going to see it. And like, especially about the trans issue, because the research is so universally, um, consented upon like every medical institution in the world acknowledges this (laughs) so like I don't know what researcher you can have on that will I don't know like besides the react like clearly reactionary researchers that exist
1: weird little side story Um, this anarcho taco guy's Australian I uh, one of my favorite like more recent uh, musicians I listen to is Charlie XCX, and she did this collaboration with someone called Kim Petras, who I've been listening to for a couple of years, I like her music. All those years, I had no idea that this Kim Petras was was a trans person, and it turns out, they're a, a trans person from Australia who made like international news for being quote unquote the youngest like person ever to transition which isn't true but um they actually challenged um i think i think they they challenged australian law so that she could do bottom surgery at like 16 or something
0: i know about i actually was listening about that example yesterday and yeah she, and like that was not a super exceptional rule like her gender dysphoria was the age Ex- of two. Like yeah, it's like super 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 extensive, starting at two, nonstop, four years, and like it wasn't just one doctor, it wasn't just two doctors, it was like a full team of doctors that like made this decision. Mm-hmm. So, again, like it's a fr- it's a a fringe case and B uh, still supported by the empiricism.
1: Yeah, but y- you get rid of the conservative pressure on. Culture and a lot more people are going to start opening up about their non binary feelings. The only reason why so many people, the only reason why the numbers are so low for people who consider themselves members of the LGBT community is because, yeah, you absolutely may join the debate, is because, um, there's so much conservative pressure on culture that it forces people underground. It forces people to not understand themselves, to reject themselves, right? Like John Lennon believed that every single human being is bisexual, you know, for example. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be making a Discord channel. I don't have one yet, but
2: I will, I will do that imminently. Oh, are we actually like
0: doing a, like a a debate?
2: Oh, I,
1: I didn't realize that's what he meant. No, no. Yeah. (laughs) We, Oh no, my bad, man. We'll we'll like, we'll respond to chat, but this, we're recording a podcast, so it's mostly just us two.
0: Yeah. But I'm definitely open to doing debates sometime down in the future. You know, like, like, yeah, yeah, I'm, Um, but yeah so we did the boogaloo boogaloo made uh, news again you want to talk about that yeah yeah so boogaloo boys are at it (laughs) (laughs) the boogaloo boogers are at it again thanks for the follow uh they were uh a week ago today they were doing a protest outside a police station they were uh Displeased with how police handled a 36 hour standoff between like a fucking crazy person shooting a gun and the police. (laughs) So so essentially, I don't know. Let me see if I could get uh, the rundown of the event. So, yeah, West, I'm sorry, Washtenaw County Sheriff's deputies responded to a, a report that a 32-year-old man was suffering a mental health crisis and had assaulted his parents at their home in Superior Township. Uh, The man was armed, wore a flak jacket, fired multiple shots before and after the police arrived, according to Washtenaw County Sheriff's Office. Uh, Family members were evacuated safely, but the man barricaded himself inside the parents' home. Washtenaw County Metro SWAT and Crisis Negotiation Team uh, compromised of mental health professionals, tried to communicate with him, 36 hours, finally got him. The Boogaloo boys did not like, I guess, how the cops got him? I don't know. And they were protesting <laughs> outside the police station. Um, but the thing that is interesting about this, this is going to be another clip if you want to get that ready on the document. okay um, A good old patron, a random citizen, was not having their uh, neo-fascist presence in his town. And, okay. he, and he gives it to him. And I want us to see that. Oh, nice. Yeah.
1: It really pisses me off that these Boogaloo boys thinks, think that they can, like, steal Hawaiian shirts from everybody, you know?
0: Yeah, it's it's uh, the appropriation thing again. It's what it always is.
1: It actually, it takes me back to when I used to be pretty upset that certain groups of people thought it would be okay to appropriate the rainbow, you know? Because cause I like the rainbow, too. hmm But we won't go there, you know? We won't go there. I like palm trees, I like Hawaiian shirts, and I like rainbows, okay? I'm not an extremist.
0: Maybe. But yeah, that uh, by the way, that that rundown that I was reading came off uh, Michigan's like official news website. So, <laughs> in case anyone wanted to uh, just know where to find that news,
2: good to know. All right, here we go. Um,
1: I'll set it so you can hear me playing the old video here.
5: Peaceful community. I, I've been telling people we day, don't need this. I, right. We've been through a pandemic. We've lost no. thousands. Are, get your fucking guns out of here, man. These are still killing people. Is it okay for them to kill people with guns? No, it's not, and that's you why you? we're here. We're not killing anyone. I've never raised you. You are not the police. You're a militia. You're not. Free... No, 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 no. The law is. Free they are in charge, not you. No. Get the fuck out. Our town. The people are in no, you're not. Read the fucking law, man. Did, "Read the Constitution." I've
6: got read it dude. I've lived it. I've lived it, man. I have done it Apparently, every day. If it wasn't for. We're here for a member This is of amazing. Who was wrong I don't give them. a fuck. You don't give a fuck about No, I, don't, I
5: don't, you know what I care about. I care about the children in this town. So do I? I don't walking want... goddamn guns. What's the reason now? Armed men. Jeez, Those police put every child within gunshot range of that House at Those police officers did that. Not Omar, not anyone else. Those police officers barely killed plenty of innocent people for no reason. I, I never. Were you guys part of that thing in Washington? Oh, no, God, no. The, the, the Trumpers don't talk Trump. about that. Shit? No,
6: you're no, not, no, 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 no. no.
1: They don't know what to do with him.
0: Yeah. They uh, just have to sit and take it, I guess, right? I mean. Yeah. And again, that appeals to the Constitution, as always, as if like well-regulated militia actually means like paramilitary thug bullshit doesn't basically means the National Guard. But good luck telling that to them.
1: That was refreshing. It's nice to see people reacting to this stuff, because I, I think I think smartphones and the Internet helps. But, you know. So often people just stand around and watch things, you know, I've been to concerts, music festivals where someone's passed out, hardly breathing, not breathing, and everyone just stand there staring at them, you know, like,
2: uh,
1: an Asian woman gets cold clocked in New York city, security guards just watch, you know, it's just so, such a normal thing. So it's really, really refreshing to see something like this.
0: Yeah, just like the, the much needed uh gut check every now and then. Um, so that's it. That was just a simple thing. They're out and about and getting shit for it for once. Uh to, to do uh, another big development, I think, kind of. Uh Derek Chauvin's trials going on. Mm-hmm. And the thing that drew a lot of attention this week was when the uh, the police chief of the Minneapolis Police Department, Madaria um he testified Monday about uh, how Derek Chauvin violated department policy, and went against, quote, our principles and the values that we have, and uh, pressing his knee on George, uh, George Floyd's neck and keeping him down after... Floyd stopped resisting and was still, you know, dying. Um, so that's actually really a substantial because it's not just him. It's really important that it's him, but we also have like lieutenants breaking what is known as this thin blue line, right? Um, th- you never see this in trials for cops. Like you'll never get a cop speaking out against another cop. Police unions have. Yeah. Over our police forces so much that it's created this boys club that is basically like an impenetrable force um which breeds a lot of like really understandable apathy and um just uh an expected uh heartbreak that Derek's not gonna get convicted in this um but you know with this happening, this is different, so it's worth pointing it's worth talking about um. Did you see so, the yeah.
2: SNL code open?
0: No.
1: Can we check it out?
0: Yeah.
2: You're going to love it. Um, I will.
0: Yeah, I, I honestly don't like SNL that much, but I'll, I'll check it out.
1: I I got to disagree with you. Um, I forget the guy's name. Ariana Grande's ex-boyfriend. He was in that show on Netflix or whatever, King of Long, Staten Island or whatever. Oh, man, he's so good so good anyway um this cold open they did yesterday they, they really nail it so let me just line it up here
3: Welcome to KDBD midday news, high on Minnesota.
7: It's been a tough week for news. There's so much to get into. But first we start with the trial of Derek Chauvin. Yes, and I, I just want to say this has been highly emotional for everybody, I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, watching this trial brought back so many bad feelings from last summer.
3: I know. I felt myself getting angry all over again. Absolutely.
7: Well, I, I thought the prosecution did an excellent job questioning the medical examiners. Mm-hmm. Sure did. Yeah, yep.
4: yep. yep, but, but the video footage alone should tell you everything mm-hmm. you need to know about what happened. One hundred percent. Okay, but and hopefully justice will be served. That'd be nice. God
7: willing. Sounds like we all agree. There's no way Derek Chauvin walks away from this. Well, are <laughs> gonna
6: say?
4: Okay, wait, wait a second. You you guys aren't buying into Chauvin's
3: defense, are you? Of course not.
7: I mean, the defense trying to make a case that George Floyd's drug use was somehow responsible was just deplorable.
3: It was a clear act of desperation to create doubt where there is none.
7: Exactly. And there's no way the jury's going to fall for that.
3: <laughs> I'm not know saying. About that. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, wait. So
7: what are you guys trying to say? Look, y'all seem like good people. L- let's just say, let's just say we've seen this movie before. Boom. I, you know what? That, that's fair. I think skepticism of the legal processes. Valid. That's go. all we're saying. Yeah, historically, police have gotten away in other cases like yep. this.
3: Historically, she
7: means every single
3: time. <laughs> yeah.
7: But uh, after all the all the protests that happened last summer, there's no way mm. this doesn't go the way we hope.
3: She means. She, I little. don't know what she's she talking about.
7: <laughs> okay,
4: hang on, hang on. You guys can at least admit this country has made a lot of progress recently, yeah?
7: Who? When? <laughs> Yeah, maybe don't go there, Craig. Uh, no, 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 please go there, Craig. Yes. <laughs> yes. I do want to hear what Craig Jorgensen has to say about the experience.
4: Okay. Look, I want to choose my words carefully here. So to quote Thomas Jefferson, <laughs> He did not
7: just say Thomas That's Jefferson. That's a bad start. Let's, um, let's get another opinion okay. on this. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Let's ask our weatherman, Calvin.
7: Yeah. Let's ask Calvin. Mm-hmm. Calvin. Man, don't put me into this mess. <laughs> yep. I'm still in hot water for being in that Paul Pierce video. No, no, this is important. We, we want to hear from you.
4: Look, I don't want to get fired, but obviously it's an open and shut case. Thank you. That's what yep.
7: we're saying, yes.
4: That being said, he's a white cop in Minnesota, so I'm going to guess probation would pay taps. <laughs> <laughs> that
7: you feel that me, part, Honor? that part. Fine, maybe you're right, but for the sake of our city, I hope. Justice is finally served. Agreed. I'm with you there.
4: Okay. Yes, absolutely. The
7: last thing we want is another riot. Amen to that.
4: And I think we can all agree that no matter how bad things are, destroying property is never the answer. I wouldn't say never. (laughs) It's just property. There's insurance. (laughs) Sorry, but it's not just property. I mean, I just think protests should be nonviolent. Well,
3: thank you for that little note, Craig.
7: Yes. Be sure to tell the others, Craig Matthew Jorgensen. Okay,
4: that's not fair. Okay,
7: okay, okay, this is this is getting a little heated. Maybe we should move on. I think this is a good dialogue.
4: Yep. I agree. Yes, this is how we reach an understanding,
7: okay. and uh, you
4: know, at least we agree on the obvious stuff.
7: Yeah, like there's a glaring discrepancy in the way black people are treated by police. Okay. Can't deny that. Yes,
3: and we need concrete solutions to fix this problem. That's what. No argument there. Long.
7: Okay, and we start with reparations. No, wait just a minute! Right?
3: Was him. Oh, that was a good track. I that thought I try. had him though.
7: I thought I had them.
3: You know what? Let's just go to the weather report, Calvin. Sure, man.
2: That was pretty good. Um. Yeah, yeah it just like
1: good. it touches all the things you were saying, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, definitely. <laughs>
0: Um What
1: what's, Yeah what's that guy's name from King of Staten Island? Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson. Yeah. He's he's on SNL and Yeah. I don't I don't know how big his role is, but I get the impression that he's uh one of the creative sort of leaders right now and man at least since the election I feel like they've been nailing it. Uh sometimes I c I can't handle watching SNL because of how like spot on they seem to just ride like the zeitgeist. Um it it actually kinda reminds me of jazz, which makes me appreciate the 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 like saxophones and stuff they got in the opening and closing of SNL. Right. Like this whole, what's it? Two hours long? An hour long? Two hours
2: long?
0: It's an hour long. Three it's a. Long? It's It's like probably still today, like the most brutal sh- gig in uh, show business. It's yeah. a very, very demanding job. <laughs> I've heard. I've heard a lot of SNL alum talk about it, and uh, yeah, it's it's rough. <laughs> You're working like nonstop, and then you. Uh, Saturday night, you party until, like, mm. you know, noon, 1, and you're back at it again. It's like getting the guest, meeting the guests, yeah. getting the scripts, doing the scripts. Like, yeah, it's rough.
1: There's, there's something really nice about having uh, a short deadline to create something yeah to, to produce something um mm-hmm. because then you don't obsess over what what you might in a film where you do twenty takes of the same thirty second shot or you know um when when you got really tight deadlines and you're really used to that performative aspect, like one two takes you just keep knocking it out and yeah, there's you just something gotta really...
0: accept tripping over your foot
1: exactly it's not always perfect, right. but the the moments that really shine brightest i think are better than anything you you'll ever see in in a highly produced film or something uh, and and i think it has something to do with that like holy moment thing oh, we are talking comedians about definitely
0: would agree with you on that because they say the same thing <laughs> is that right yeah like yeah i've heard bill hater say that countless times
1: Yeah. When, when, when you just, when you hit all the right notes, man, there's nothing like it. And Mm. it's, it's just not something you can, you can read off a script to, I don't know. It's, it just, it has to be, has to be natural. It has to take everything into account.
0: You can have those moments on the day on a film set. Like I've heard the same stories from like, you know, every, every angle, like directors, writers, who are on set, uh, actors like there, there are those days where like all is just aligns like that. But yeah, it's, it definitely doesn't speak to the larger art. I guess it just speaks to like, uh, uh, one step of it.
2: Yeah. You have
1: those moments maybe, but I, okay. I, I don't think, and maybe that's what you're heading toward right there. I don't think those moments can shine through in the final product. Yeah. Even if you can have them? And,
0: well, yeah, and and if they do, it's not for us to like know that. Really, there's like no way for us to know that, except I yeah. guess by like the unconscious, just like the mastery, like acknowledging the mastery of it. But
2: I think
1: I think SNL reminds me of um like a like a jam band.
0: Yeah, yeah, I've heard. Yep. They've. I've heard uh, people say that too. They've jazz jam, yeah,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. And there's something similar between
1: that. jam and jazz for sure.
0: Yeah, like I heard Keenan Thompson just recently say that on Conan Needs a Friend. I think you referred it to jazz. If I, I don't think I'm remembering that right. Cool. Yeah. Um. Update in Gates Gate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> touch uh, please,
1: let's <laughs> talk about the guy who traffic 17 year old
0: yeah so like uh did you hear about the daily beast report
1: i just all i know is he's taken every opportunity he can to throw people under the bus and he's, <laughs> he's dragging his fiance around everywhere fucking lucky something or another
0: oh god okay so uh when did this break daily beast published this april 8th updated april 9th it's so april 11th uh so Gates paid accused sex trafficker who then Venmoed would teen. Oh, no. uh, yeah, so it's been reported that in two late-night Venmo transactions in May of 2018, Representative Matt Gates sent his friend, the accused sex trafficker, Joel Greenberg, who is absolutely going away for life, no question about it, uh, $900. The next morning, over the course of eight minutes, Greenberg used the same app to send three young women varying sums of money. In total, the transactions amounted to $900. <laughs>
1: Was that uh, uh was that you interjecting there, or was that in the article that,
0: that was my editorializing yeah okay. <laughs> <laughs> like there's he's so this this Greenberg guy is so fucked it goes so far beyond just the sex trafficking like just the fraud in his tax collection office that he's just so blatantly been <laughs> taking part in for years, it's like all it's he's looking at like fifty federal charges. He's so done
1: right and and the really basic story is that Gates was like showing pictures of naked girls that Greenberg helped him get to other members of the house,
0: yeah, that's what's being alleged uh, yeah. I don't know if that's yeah who knows I don't know if, yeah, uh. So that's the main development. Uh, I mean, that's really it. I just think it's the. I mean, if the DOJ and the FBI are investigating you in the first place and they're bringing charges, that usually is a sign that it's a concrete case for the most part. It usually means they have the evidence. Like, it, so I think I think
1: the whole the whole. If you really think about the whole picture right now, it's really just dis- like it. It it makes my brain stop working. When I think about the fact that Gates was just speaking paid thousands of dollars to speak at the women, conservative women, something or other. Um, and, and this is the organization that was like formed, I don't know, maybe during Trump running for president. And if you go to their website, like all of the pictures are stock images from like iStock photo.com and there was a lot of like Uh, they're basically alleging that the whole like organization of conservative women for Trump or whatever I forget the name of the thing but Trump's name is involved but the whole organization is like not formed by women at all and it was just
0: because why would it be
1: yeah and so anyway they were having like a rally and i think they were responsible for one of the one of the mobs that were organized on the 6th as well um but they were having like a rally the other day and gates spoke at it with his fiance
0: yeah i heard about that i didn't look too much into it
1: and he like took the opportunity to talk about how much he respects women in his life <laughs>
0: But, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, Why is he doing this to himself?
1: And, the, and it was a, like a Trump golf course or something.
0: And then didn't he blame the deep state? Like, not there, and but at some he, point. Re- he
1: did. Yeah, he said he, uh, said he said he's being taken down by a deep state conspiracy. But him, his fight for the country he loves has only just begun.
0: Oh uh, my god cuz they always have to say it's just beginning or it's just begun it, they always have to say that cuz like uh it never begins
1: <laughs> it's just it's so intertwined and it's so like sinister and their biggest supporters are the holiest of holy people in our country and it's just such a contradiction and it hurts me
0: yeah well Uh, true Catholics would be taking contention with the holy holy part, but (laughs) Uh, well, true (laughs) Christians, but Uh, there's actually a clip on this story I want us to look at again. uh, It's uh, Brian Taylor Cohen. He's a progressive YouTuber. He gets clips. I just want to look at the clips so we don't have to look at his editorializing after, but it's of Joel Greenberg's lawyer taking questions like an idiot, and it's amazing. (laughs)
1: Where was he taking questions?
0: To reporters. Just random reporters on the curb. Like, why would he do this? Do
1: you want me to play that now? Yes, it's so good. Sounds pretty silly. Oh, 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 I saw this. Yes.
0: uh, Do you want me to start it from the
1: beginning? It's eight minutes long. Yeah.
0: We yeah. I, yeah, I just want the just the two clips and then after that Brian Taylor Cohen gives like his commentary, we don't have to watch that part. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, I remember yeah. he says something like is there anything Gates needs to be worried about? I I remember seeing this
2: guy. All right. Oh. <laughs> uh, I got to improve my transition here. This is too much trouble.
3: Does Excuse Matt me. Gates have anything to worry about? Oh yeah, there it is. Does Matt Gates? That is such a bri- <laughs> um Does <laughs> when he it comes have? To what happened to Danco. Does he uh, have anything to worry about? And you're asking me to get into the mind of Matt <gasps> Gates? Yeah, right? this is great. <laughs> and uh, well, fucking nice. love this from my mind. <laughs> Why doesn't he just Based not talk? On what my client knows, okay. <laughs> See, I thought if I kept on talking and talking, I would avoid these questions <laughs> and and Why not to say just um, don't say anything. I'm sure Matt Gates is not feeling very comfortable today.
7: Is he a lawyer? Like really? Did your client introduce Matt Gates to any underage girls for sexual
3: I'm just gonna let you sit down there and so I can look over your head and ignore that question. I apologize. I I just can't answer that question. I wasn't okay. That was that was a little devious. You hiding down there below, and then you you zing that at me. You know?
5: Can you say is does Joel uh, consider Matt Gates a friend or has he cut ties?
3: Um I think I think the media's covered their relationship pretty well. Um I can say that uh in any case I have, if there's other um potential co-defendants or, or
0: you know, I uh my clients from talking to them. First of all, really nice to see that the dude got his line. Lo-
1: why why did he talk at all? Oh.
0: Yeah what 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 is he doing who is this person why does he have a law degree where are the right wing getting these lawyers <laughs>
1: i i'm just like for going on a year now i'm just convinced that they're actively self sabotaging
0: <laughs> it's so bad like it's you you cannot satirize that it's a joke it's just it's a it's a it's a comedy it in real life
1: i just why would he talk <laughs> and and why would his answers be oh man i really don't like that question <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'm just gonna yeah why would he say out loud his like i'm just going to uh look down like it it it's it reminds me of like that uh like woo shit you see like uh, on the internet like the like anime stuff (laughs) like it's like kind of like that like i don't know i trying to make like just like like describing your actions like they're they're so stupid Uh yeah like describing your actions and trying to like be cute about it it's like (laughs) fucking weird
1: yeah i saw i saw those clips earlier um they're stunning. They're really stunning.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um. Well, they're not the only uh, conservative uh, legislators in America today that are like, uh, you know, making asses of themselves. We have another one in Kansas. State senator, uh, majority leader, Gene <laughs> Solentrop, reeked of alcohol struggled to walk or speak and threatened the Kansas highway patrol officer who stopped him in the early hours of March 16th. Oh damn. This happened a while ago. I thought this was, I just heard about this recently. Sorry, but it's still worth talking. The about. The
1: details were made available Thursday.
0: Oh, that's why. Okay. So driving the wrong way on interstate 70 in Topeka. Oh. <laughs> yeah. The details were made available Thursday. You're right. Uh, so, Solentrop, who left the capital as the affidavit was ordered, by, <laughs> ordered released by the judge, faces felony charge for fleeing a police officer, misdemeanor charges for driving other influence, reckless driving, traffic infractions for driving the wrong, wrong way on a divided highway, and speeding. Um, I, I want to dive into this for a little bit. <laughs> what are your thoughts?
1: <laughs> I hope one day I'm in a an- situation where i can call a cop donut boy
0: oh yeah uh, yep yeah, we're going to get to that it's fantastic so uh shepley responded to a call at 1248 march 16th uh suv driving westbound on an eastbound lane <laughs> interstate 470 uh dude was driving 90 miles an hour fleeing from police
1: <laughs> he was actively uh, fleeing
0: yes um, yes, the majority leader of their fucking state, uh, just thinking he can do this, thinking this is completely fine. Uh, as I approached the driver, he had his left hand out of the window and looked back at me, was confused, frightened, blank stare, um, and was not registering my commands or responding to them. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> Could smell strong odor of alcohol, noticed eyes were watery, droopy, had bloodshot eyes. Uh, blah, 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 mumbling words, slurred speech, trouble with motor skills, you know, usual suspects. Yeah. So, Trump called the officer donut boy (laughs) and complained this was all for going the wrong way. All for? (laughs) What? It was just what? Just going the wrong way, man. Donut
1: boy. (laughs) Says one way. I'm going one way.
0: And then he ra- and then the affidavit for this came out, and he rage quit out of the Capitol. <laughs> he just stormed out of the building. <laughs> wow, I fucking love this story so much. <laughs> and it just and it just shows that it, this is the post Trump that, that they all think they can just get away with fucking whatever now.
1: How many of those things would you ever oh see God. someone? Who's high? How many of those things would you ever see someone do? Right. Who's high facts. on marijuana?
0: Fucking facts.
2: Not,
1: yeah, none he of had those like things. a
0: he had like a point one seven alcohol level, and this was after like hours of chase. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus
2: Christ! Yeah. I guess it
1: doesn't take much to get into state politics, huh?
0: No, I guess not. No, like if you were to sit down with uh, most of like state legislatures, I I think I would be able to like, I don't know, outperform them on policy, like knowing things about general policy on a lot of things. <laughs> like I don't know, I just get that that generalization, which is tough because like yeah, they're 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 sincerely trying to do good things and they come from a good place, but. Aren't necessarily informed sometimes.
1: Oh, I—I I figure the state senates are just as affected by corporate money as.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, <clears throat> I just mean even for people like that run on the liberal kind of side, tend to like. I don't know. Yeah. man. All right. That was funny. Uh, (laughs) Oh, they did another thing. So God damn it. Uh, The GOP. uh, What is this? What's the organization doing this? It's like the official. Yeah. Political arm of the house Republicans. Yeah. So yeah. The national Republican congressional committee. Yeah. So they're launching emails to people. That are signed up, <laughs> uh, begging for donations, and they're saying, uh, "If you uncheck this box, we will tell you. We will tell Trump that you are a capitalized defector." Oh, yeah. So they're like, "What boss- happens if
1: you tell Trump?" <laughs> 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 who does he? Who does he tell? <laughs> <laughs> that's it. No, that's oh, no. it. That's, Trump that's knows. the end of the line. Yeah. <laughs> How many different people do you think he can keep in his head? He's like, I got a <laughs> list of 10,000 defectors in the back of my mind.
0: You're well, that also fucked. gives the presumption that he gives a fuck about these people that have voted for him in the first place when we demonstrably know that's not true with several things he said about them. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> on se- on several occasions including the riots where he referred to them as like not looking clean enough or something like that he said
2: mhm
6: <laughs>
0: like he, he hates these people
6: yeah
1: he he does <laughs> yep he he knows how to he he can he can sell a speech where he positions himself counter to the elites and with the people but that's just a speech that he sells
0: yeah, it's, he spent his entire life inoculating himself from his base. That's like his entire life. And yeah, it just, it's an appeal to the same libertarian sense that built up the like neoliberal structure of right wing politics that like took over this country. And I think
1: what bothers me more than anything about Trump is how basic it is when you really look into it. Like, you look into him, right? He, so he doesn't have any credit in the world. There is no bank who will give him a loan. He has, yeah. he has very many failed businesses. <laughs> he got to start with daddy's money in real estate, which anybody can do. It doesn't take a genius. I mean, he and, but, but people who support him say he's a success by every like metric and and it's the exact opposite having having money is not like in isolation having money is not an indicator of success it that's that's simple
0: yeah <laughs> yeah definitely and it's like in the, this culture just was like completely built up around like uh Reaganism, both in culture and in like economic practice, telling us like uh, government is evil, you have to look out for yourselves, you are self determined and can make the most out of your life. Uh by the way, here come all these tax cuts and deregulation for uh for corporate for the for the corporate industry. And then like savings and loan crisis happened like six years after that (laughs) Mm -hmm. and yeah and uh, and it creates a understandable distrust in government because it's easy to observe the last 40 years and say that like government created this when really it was government being so hands-off that created this really And you can look at a uh, sentiment from the progressive era of the late 1800s. It was the same thing when corruption was even worse than it is today. It was because government was looking the other way. It wasn't using the tools that it had. And, pe- and people were blaming government for their working conditions at that time. And it there's an intuitive, it makes sense intuitively, right? But like, it's absolutely more nuanced than that.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, when when things are bad, it's the government's fault. When things are good, it's not the government's fault.
2: Yeah,
6: like you, want, you want less government to in
1: your it. life, but you want yeah. the government to make your life good. Right.
0: You, you That's want, why I try to drill home the like uh, the thing we take for granted with work days, 40 hour work weeks, vacations, because it's so true. Like we just take it for granted and that did not. That was not bestowed upon us by like a fucking uh, benevolent government. We had to demand that upon it with laws that are like around today. And that's what government is essentially for, you know, at the end of the day. It's just to make laws that make our lives easier. That's it.
2: Yeah,
1: but our our government struggles to sort of modify laws and react to how um, people um, we've talked about this before people organize their behaviors around policy. So, um, there's, there's, there's an inability for our country's government to respond nimbly to necessary policy changes. And I think, I think it, it goes down to the duopoly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And then again, that goes back to neoliberal policies, which came from 80s style Reaganism. And the reason why the duopoly exists within this is because uh, for like, well, if George Bush won his second term would have been 16 years of political dominance, Republican political dominance on both the local and national level until Clinton decided to start acting more like Republicans. Um, there, There's a historian, I think his name is uh, Ar- Arthur... Oh, I'm going to get his last name wrong. Mm, Heis, Heischlinger, Arthur Heischlinger Jr., that he called Clinton's like think tank uh, building like Reaganism with a human face. So what's really ridiculous to me is like what we keep hearing from the right with. Uh, with the Biden administration is like, they're trying to install the, like a, an entrenched one party socialist rule when it's like, motherfucker, don't talk to me about one party socialist rule. When over the last 40 years in term of economic outcome, social policies have been completely ignored to the point where our, like our foundation is almost crumbled. So God damn it. It's so frustrating sometimes when people just can't see the wider picture of things like on the right specifically.
2: hmm
1: But then they'll, they'll say something like, um, you can't be worried about everyone. So we need to worry about ourselves. And, and that starts with like, you know, protecting your family, protecting your community, yeah, Yeah, protecting your own people. Right. It's always, it's always, yeah. It's just different, um, different scales of the same sort of mentality.
0: Exactly. So, like, um, uh, and you'll hear this on the right too. They always bitch about tribalism. Tribalism is why we're in this mess today. And it's like, uh, the whole point is we want to make our tribe as wide as possible, so that uh, our tribes aren't as small as possible, so that like the tribalism thing that you're bitching about isn't happening. Like, which happens with yeah, community things like that addressing the problems around you with the tools that you have available to you actually which like appeals to that individualist sentiment that they are so wrapped up in
1: but as long as we're in my opinion as long as we're caught up in the rhetoric of the duopoly we're 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 always going to um resort to the least common denominator of um not, not, not tribalism, not identity politics, just wanting your own side to win. Right. It, it's
2: yeah. the,
1: the, the, the size, of, the size of the buckets that Republican and Democrat try to collect, right. Is insane. It doesn't make any sense. The only time, in my opinion, it does make sense for a lot of people with dramatically different ideologies to come together is when maybe we're voting for the, the president, right? Maybe, maybe then it makes sense to sort of distill things into two extreme um, buckets. But when we're talking about the thousands of other people who are involved in gov- government, I, I think that the duopoly is nothing but destructive and inhibitive.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I actually just uh, over the last week was looking at a study that was done by the Program for Public Consultation. Um, It's in the University of Maryland. Uh, They did a report that showed that there's nearly 150 issues uh, that majority Republicans and Democrats agree on between Social Security, immigration, poverty programs, federal budget, energy and the environment, police reform, government reform, nuclear weapons and international trade, and many more things. This study didn't even touch on Uh, gun things, which got me interested in this question to begin with, because I know that Americans, among other things, have a 90% shared approval rating for background checks. So Hmm. we agree on so much that gets ripped apart between this uh, wedge issue uh, construct that was really built up and again, this is all tied to the same neoliberal bullshit. Newt Gingrich did this. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you know who, you're familiar with him, right? He was yeah, well, him and him and Rush Limbaugh worked in concert together to really create like the kind of conservatism we see today as far as uh, getting the public on board and as far as like enacting it through basically legislative obstruction. Uh, Clinton came in, acted center center right, won the presidency, wanted to win reelection. So he went after actually health care. It was like one I think uh, Hillary Clinton's first public speech to Congress was about health care. Um, so, and, as the first and, lady, yeah, and we now know behind the scenes that Newt Gingrich and his uh, con- his aides and his whatever they knew that uh, healthcare was bad and that reform would be popular. So he figured out that Congress had more actual power if they wedged the issue right. on the twenty four hour news cycle, right. and that. Downfall snowball the consequence of that has become so egregious that Mitch McConnell refines that into some mastermind thing. That like, yeah, that th- that's what it is today. It's just and, and really and, shallow and then, and
1: sensationalism, hot words.
0: Yeah, exactly. Throwing around the buzzwords, throwing around the talking points that scale down large issues into small framed things,
1: and it allows us uh, to stay gridlocked and it allows the establishment to maintain control
0: yes exactly it's it's really again yeah to to divide a public and um it is a part of the neoliberal structure but it also stems from republicans not wanting to cede power more than actually caring about their constituents and uh we see this over and over and over again there's so many things that both republicans and democrats agree on how often do republicans vote on yes on these things that we agree on never never the only thing there's like bipartisan support on is like again military spending uh some like small issue things and then the first two covid relief bills because democrats don't do that they were looking out for their constituents and were willing to give trump those covid wins And then, of course, we had, like, a really similar COVID bill when Biden was doing it. And it became about uh, the issues of pork spending. And only so much of this is about COVID. When, like, you also examine that talking point, when, like, they were talking about uh, businesses staying open. They were, like, looking at, like, uh, museums and art galleries. And I consider any business that had a shutdown because of COVID part of COVID relief. But aside from that, it's like, uh, yeah, it's such bullshit.
1: Well, let me propose this. Why would it be so bad if we made the votes, say, just in the House and the Senate at the federal level, they, if we made individual politicians' votes private? So we don't know what they vote yes and no on. We just know the.
0: I know. I total w- I outcome. Want, absolutely not, actually. I want my constituents to be able to be held accountable. To be able to, I want constituents to be able to hold account their, the people they elect with voting records. I think that's actually very important. Because I understand super- that,
1: but you're complaining, right? That they always vote along party lines, and that happens yeah, but there's because other ways of to the, fix it. the publicity of it.
0: Yeah, but there's okay. other ways to fix it that isn't making the democratic process more opaque.
1: Other than dismantling the duopoly, which I don't know how to do, uh, how do you fix
0: it? Well, there's actually something in HR1 that's going to make it a lot easier for third-party candidates to get into lower realms of uh, elections leading into like getting in the House of Congress and stuff. So there's reforms you can do. the Ranked choice voting, uh, getting rid of Citizens United by reeling in donorship, re- w- w- by reeling that in with donorship reform. There's a ton of stuff you can do that would make this a less volatile system. But yeah, no, we need to we need to hold people accountable. We need to have politicians say, like, I am for this and be able to see that they are for this with a yes vote. We need that.
2: I get that. Um,
1: it's just two party with extra steps.
0: So no, do you think it's there, just there's, it's there's, just there's, like, there's really there, there is stuff in H.R. 1 that's going to help get third party people in. It's just it's a process. You know, you can't eliminate the duopoly over overnight when they've put in so many laws to prevent it. And that, again, th- that happened because, again, Bill Clinton got into office. Uh, the third party candidate What was that? Bob Dole. That's yeah. another part of the reason why Clinton was Clinton acted like Republicans still almost wasn't enough. Bob Dole was able to steal enough votes. And then they legislated a bunch of third party reform right after that election. So there's a lot of things in place we need to take down to like make it a doable thing, but it is doable. And there are people in Congress right now on the left, like uh, people from the DSA and uh, social Democrats that want to legislate two party reform.
1: Mm-hmm. That would that would be such a game changer.
0: Yeah it's happening that I think that's happening in our lifetimes I don't think it's happening in the session because again you're not going to get Republicans to vote on anything but I think if we pass enough of these amazing like infrastructure bills like through in, in enough terms to like sway public opinion th- with with budget reconciliation and do well in the next midterm we can get more Senate seats or and then maybe do something with the filibuster we can do like some real good policy work
1: yeah wouldn't it be great if Democrats just Got control of everything and then dissolved themselves.
0: <laughs> that's what I want to see. Yeah, that's the plan. That's actually the plan, you know. Get, and then, you know, if people want to start their Patriot Party and go off about the global homo agenda, they can do that and see how well they do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> when, when I first heard global homo, I thought it was something about John Lennon's belief that everyone is bisexual. But I guess it's actually about global homogenization.
0: yeah yeah yeah, well wait what (laughs) so i
1: i thought i thought the word global homo was implying that everyone was turning gay but (laughs) i guess it actually means
0: (laughs) but it's like an extension in the new world order you know
1: i don't know i hear new world order and all i think about is uh wwf so (laughs) (laughs) honestly i don't know
0: i really don't know (laughs) <laughs> new New World Order. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh it's, it's like the OG. Cons- well, not it's not the OG conspiracy, but it was the one that really picked up around like the mid late eighties that got like the Timothy McVeigh types inspired to do their wonderful deeds. Yeah, and it's basically just like uh, yeah, liberals are trying to like take over the world with globalization policies that will like er- erase borders and. Take you over with mind chips. Uh, you know, barcodes are bad. It's, it all comes from that.
1: It's the classic conservative perspective. It's a simple, basic fear of progress. That's all it is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that's why like, globalists is like a derogatory on the right and often used as a dog whistle for just be like Jewish bankers. But.
1: I, I just feel like we should start. With the assumption and appreciation that progress is inevitable, and then we can make our policy based on that. Instead of saying, we don't like progress, so none of
6: it.
0: Yeah, definitely. That's why I like the jobs plan. And uh, they released a full, pretty like concise, it's easy to read, listing of what's going to be in the bill, and it's a lot of good stuff. Uh, we're probably going to be talking about it on and off throughout the episodes.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Keep, keep booted Keep has been on Fox News and stuff trying to talk down the bad faith talking points against the bill. Oh, really? Yeah, that's the one thing I like about him. He he's a he's a pack funded Neolib, but uh, he is good at deflating Fox News talking points on Fox News. It's not the first time he's done it. Probably find a clip of it if you want to put it on here,
1: like in Google or from your duck. I
0: don't ha- I have a Mother Jones article about Pete Buttigieg. I don't know if there's a video in that, but uh, probably find it in YouTube. Just type in like uh, Pete Jobs Fox. <laughs> Pete, that that does it.
1: I should have been more clear three hours ago. Buta judge responds to infrastructure opposition.
0: Yeah, it's the roads and bridges argument, which is so bad faith. It's like unreal. But
1: the uh, eight minutes. Yeah, let's see what we got here.
0: Oh, we're gonna have to watch the whole eight minutes. But no, you, yeah, just cut it off whenever you want. I guess.
1: Who's this cool guy? You like Pete? Nah, the this this anchor. He looks very familiar. Um, I'll uh, show you in a sec.
0: Yeah, I, I have this, quite a few con- cool contentions with Pete.
1: I just, I I was kind of impressed that he was able to get so far along the primaries as a very young, gay man.
0: Yeah, it was definitely a. a, a a lot of it was a success in um, uh, media marketing along with because because the neoliberal this is the kind of person the neoliberal like infrastructure wants to so that they could maintain power.
8: President yeah, Biden's two. Trillion they
1: just they they got to feed out little trickles of change
8: of opposition, not only from Republicans, but even from some Democrats. And the White House is already talking about negotiation and compromise. did some interesting research Three of the nations ahead of us on that list are Singapore, Hong Kong and the United Arab Emirates, which are tiny states and hardly comparable. Of the 10 largest countries geographically, including China and Russia, the U.S. actually ranks first. So, Secretary, not oh, uh, to say that everything fine. He's
1: fighting but, infrastructure. But why
8: not be straight about the
1: actual why not
8: conditions here in the U.S. to the American people?
1: To the
5: American people. Well, the American people already know that our infrastructure needs a lot of work. That's one of the reasons why there's such What strong Fox support for to the say, presidents why American not be gospel. straight. Look, the American Society of Civil Engineers rates our infrastructure. We've been getting a lot of C's and D's, but you don't need an engineering report to know that driving on American roads, they're not the way they should be, that our bridges need work. We've got thousands upon thousands that are in poor condition or even structurally deficient. If you go to U.S. airports and you compare them to airports in other countries, other developed countries, you know that the U.S. is not at a high standard. Uh, We don't have a lot of work to do to persuade the American people that U.S. infrastructure needs major improvement. The American people already know it, and that's one of the reasons why there's such extraordinary Republican and Independent and Democratic support for this package among the American people.
8: Not necessarily in Congress, whoever. I want to give you another fact check. Uh, All of you in the Biden administration have been selling this plan as a huge jobs creator. Here you are just last Sunday.
5: The American Jobs Plan is about a generational investment. It's going to create 19 million jobs. And we're talking about economic growth that's going to go on for years and years.
8: But. It turns out the study you're citing from Moody's <laughs> Analytics says the economy will add 16.3 million jobs without the infrastructure bill and 2.7 million more with it. So it doesn't, as you said last Sunday, create 19 million jobs. Again, Secretary Buttigieg, why mislead folks?
5: Oh, no. Well, you're right. I should have been more precise. The 19 million jobs that'll be created are more than the jobs that will be created if we don't do the plan. And it's very important to make this point. As you right, just two million, showed us, two million uh, Rudy's not, is not saying that we million. will create 2.7 million. Yeah, exactly. It'll create.
1: Now, judge, why do the exact same thing we do? Like now, P, why do you do the sort of things that we do?
0: Yeah, that actually was a little dishonest. I didn't know about that. This is this is a different clip than ones I saw. There was another one where he was had to be more contentious because he was getting some heat.
1: It was like probably unnecessarily um, dishonest, right? But like, I, I don't know this. I don't know this guy's name. Well,
0: George Wall. Right? Yeah, George Wallace is actually oh, like Chris Wallace. He's Chris Wallace. Sorry, okay, he's, he's actually like right a, a, de- a. Yeah, he's a decent. He's actually he holds a lot of people on the right to account. At least he's like the,
1: he's he's. he's the- co-opting the language which is what bothers me right
0: like well why, he has why to. you be he's,
1: dishonest he... with the Amer- yeah I know I know
0: but but he uh, he's no one on the right likes Chris Wallace they think he's like a liberal
1: <laughs> do you want me to look for another part of this yeah. interview
0: no, that's fine Yeah, uh, it's whatever uh, there was a better interview somewhere but I don't know what it would take us a while to like
1: sure. it's it's
0: but there's so much in the bill there really is so much in the bill and uh, just because it's not all roads and bridges like that's a a problem
1: well how many jobs did canceling the pipeline sacrifice 2.7 million (laughs) like a (laughs) hundred
0: no 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 I thought it was like I thought it was like like, wasn't it like 500,000 or something like that
1: dude Jesse that was like 50 jobs listen
0: (laughs) <laughs> and, like, again, that, that was, like, potential jobs, which we both know.
6: Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. They're not jobs till they exist.
0: And, then, yeah, I don't think it was 2 million. And probably a lot of those job figures, because cause it wasn't that in Canada, too? It was, well, like, coming out pipeline, of Canada.
1: Yeah, it runs through. Yes, yeah. I'm not sure, really.
0: So, um... But yeah, they're putting in like a, how many billions of dollars into science and funding, like uh, $6.9 billion to the NOAA, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, $8.7 billion to the CDC, $11.2 billion to the EPA, $10.2 billion to the NSF, $51 billion to the NIH, $46 billion to the DOE, and then uh, $25 billion to NASA, which is mm. dope. Yeah. And then like, so for scale, that's like on average, like a 25% increase in funding for these places. Yeah. Yeah. 20 to 25%. The NASA increase is only 6%, which, so that makes it seem low, but it's still $24 billion, which is like the third largest amount being handed out here.
1: This, this data that Chris Wallace started with got me bothered. World yeah. World infrastructure rankings. Ahead of U.S., Singapore, Hong Kong, UAE.
0: He said that was from Moody's?
1: Um, Charles Lane, The Washington Post.
0: Well, what's he citing? Moody's?
1: I, I'd probably have to go to the Washington Post article, wouldn't I?
0: Oh, um, I don't
1: know. I could... Here, let me see. Let I just heard see. I just
0: heard him say Moody's selling was saying plan. that Moody's throughout like the 2.3 million drops number.
8: Infrastructure is ranked 13th in the world, but Wait, colleague You all like Chuck to say that did some interesting 13th. research. 3 of the nations He said
1: okay, he said our colleague Charles Lane at the Washington Post uh, so okay. why is the Washington Post Fox News's sure, colleague
8: in, 13th in the world? So
0: Chris Wallace is a part of the actual Fox news division the of Fox American News, which Arab does exist. Which it is a thing, hardly comparable. Um, okay. So he's, he's an actual
8: journalist, including China and Russia. And, and so and it, it's, yeah, journalists will work with tourist. each other to like confirm stuff.
1: I see how they manipulated the data to confuse me. That's such bullshit. so here's here's what he does he goes your people over at biden land like to say we ranked 13th and then he's like our friend over at the washington post said that we rank number one out of the top 10 economies in the world (laughs) so so if you if you clear out the other hundreds of countries we're actually number one.
2: <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Uh, I love uh, it.
1: And then, and then, Buta Judge says, everybody is on board with this plan. And then Chris Wallace says, well, it's not some people in the Senate.
0: <laughs> well that's well i mean he's he, that's true he's he's saying that he's he's basically uh appealing to the blatant partisanship more than anything like if you, if you watch him interview republicans he calls them out on their blatant partisanship all the time and that's what he was appealing to uh,
1: yeah well you know like let me tell you um they he's say the, go ahead
0: he, hold, he, yeah he's the one hour on fox news that yeah mildly tries to gut check people on the right <laughs> they say
1: they say altruism can be a carrier for other um memes, right? Everyone knows yeah. what a meme is these days, but they Dark say rock. they say altruism is one of the best ways to get other people to copy your memes because when you're nice to someone they they want to be like you or whatever so it's like this Chris Wallace guy he's like the shining beacon of honesty, and so All of the Tucker Carlson's who are coming up behind him can do whatever the hell they want because they can hide behind this like one man's, um, you know, you, you got Mike over here defending this guy on Fox News. And if you got someone as far left as Mike defending a talking head on Fox News, then everybody else can be more justified for people who are actually conservatives. That's interesting.
0: Well, no, I just I just acknowledge like where he fits within the Fox News structure. Like that's his job is to like gut check people on the right and uh give the air of like an actual news division, which they do have, but it's just like fits it still fits to aim the goals of Fox News.
1: Well, speaking of Fox structure, um It used to they used to be a part of twenty first century Fox, right? 20th Century Fox, and it got split up when Disney bought them, right? Most of the IP with the the name Fox 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 on it is owned by Disney. Yeah, except except Fox News. A new company was formed when Disney bought 21st Century Fox. I think it's called, I don't know, Fox Business or something. And and that's where Fox News and some other stuff is. But Basically, all of the entertainment stuff got spun off. I never understood how, like, Family Guy fell under the same umbrella as Fox News anyway. Doesn't make sense to me. Because people who watch Fox News, like, actively avoid Family Guy because it is counter to their morals or whatever.
0: Yeah, uh... Uh, yeah, it just really just speaks to the huge division because Roger Ailes was running Fox News more than anyone else. Uh, you know, appealing to the wishes of Matt Murdoch, of course. Um, but like Fox was just about getting money. So like, you're appealing to like the same demographics you need to to get money. It's the same kind of posturing of like Coke. Uh, you know, sticking up for the Georgia thing, but like, uh, you know, it was only. Not even 20 years ago, where they were in court to defend themselves against uh, spending 10 years hiring far-right paramilitary groups to kill union leaders, which they killed like 10 union leaders in Colombia. So it's like, yeah, no different to me.
2: Fox is owned by Fox Corporation.
0: Yeah. Which is owned by, I guess, News Corp.
1: Okay. Um well, the Murdoch family is all I see. Predecessor, twenty-first century Fox.
0: Yeah. And, but like really what made Fox what it was wasn't so much as Murdoch, it was more Roger Ailes. And mm. again, that will also speak to Rush Limbaugh again, because Rush Limbaugh and Roger Ailes were like Super, super close in their business relationship and like Roger Ailes deliberately on record and blatantly and proudly will say that he built the Fox News models off of Rush Limbaugh style talking points.
1: Fox News Channel slogan, most watched, most trusted, <laughs> standing up for what's right. <laughs> yeah. Here's me. Standing-
0: yeah, it does. And like the, that's where Fox and like even the names of the like they have Fox Nation now. I don't like that. Fox Nation. That just appeals to like the nationalism. And that's where Tucker's uh, daytime show is.
1: Yeah. And that's like a streaming
0: service, right? Oh, is it? I don't know. I think so.
1: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Because their ads are Fox is now streaming.
0: Right. So that's how they're trying to wedge in to stay relevant against like newsmax and OAM. They're just gonna get like more vitriolic on a streaming service with yeah, Tucker.
1: Yeah. yeah, that's exactly right. The the new yeah. like the new slogan for Tucker is like can't be stopped totally uncensored or something.
0: And 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 that's why he's like uh that's why he's like uh um freaking replacement, replacement, replacement. This isn't about white replacement. <laughs> He couldn't say that shit on Fox News at 8 (laughs) p.m.
1: Oh, was that Fox Nation? I didn't notice.
0: Yeah, that was was his daytime show. Yeah, yeah, replacement this, replacement that, replace blah, blah blah blah. And then I get, and then he like tries to be throw up like a. I'm not talking about white replacement theory shield like it's supposed to help him.
1: Well, we're not the only country who resists having our self-identity changed from immigration.
0: I know it's a huge thing in the UK right now. And there's exactly. a huge, and, and there's like a, a far right personality on YouTube called Sargon of Akkad, And like, that's his he, from the UK. And that's his whole thing. Yep. You want to okay. see an awesome debate? Watch the second time that Sargon uh, Sagan debates Vosh and Vosh just like completely rips him apart. It's amazing. Sounds fun. Yeah. I don't know. I thought that this stuff was going to take longer than it normally would. Oh, I guess there's a local story that you might be interested in. Um, yeah, so this yeah, is yeah. it. Yeah, this is in State College, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania Attorney General on Thursday accused a major State College-based contractor of stealing $20 million in wages from thousands of employees dating back to 2015. Uh, Glenn O. Hawbaker Incorporated, which charged with four felony counts of theft by failure to make required disposition of funds following a three-year investigation. Uh, Hawbaker is accused of violating the Pennsylvania Prevailing Wage Act and the federal Davis Bacon Act. (laughs) laws that require companies hired for public projects to pay workers a set rate determined by the state and federal agencies. So another small business tyrant from State College, like the guy that beat a cop to death with a pole in the Capitol on January 6th. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this is like, a, I think I said this the last time too, with the, with, uh, the last small business tyrant. I, the one thing I don't like with a lot of like communist uh, theory is like uh, class reductionism like the petite bourgeois, but like, I keep seeing stories like this and I keep like, maybe they have something (laughs) to what they're saying. Cause this is, this is $20 million in like four years, five years, whenever he got arrested.
1: You see it a lot in state college too. I've worked for enough different uh, food service families really in state college. They're like little mafias, man.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And our poverty rate is 40% in state college. It probably is one of the worst in the, in the, in the state. And it's really hard to like fight against that. And they know that because it's pretty similar to Amazon's situation. We have people that can't organize because most of our population is a constant revolving door of people. Yeah. The The locals cannot like organize that enough.
1: No, the locals, the locals are getting hurt more than anyone. They're, they're dying watching their skyline being destroyed by these developers. Downtown looks a mess these days.
0: Yeah, while living like half, like again almost half of state college is in poverty, so it's ridiculous. Um... (laughs) So yeah, the class struggle is real. And it's really and it's really prevalent in a lot of areas and places you wouldn't expect like Penn State which is like a top 10 school or whatever, but um the the wealth inequality is severe and the people that are allowing it to happen are like seem to be proud of it in a lot of situations. Yeah. I guarantee you this guy taking 20 million dollars over five years, was laughing his way all the way to the bank and loving it. Same yeah. thing with the guy that beat the cop to death at the Capitol on the 6th.
2: hmm
0: Fucking... They will take every inch they can.
1: Yeah, State College is definitely something.
0: Yeah, one of my proudest achievements in this town was when I uh, got the phone number for the guy who owned the diner and i put his number on cat fax auto texts <laughs> 25 a day <laughs> with no way for him to stop it <laughs> I, I i was the only one that was able to stop the subscription <laughs> yeah
1: sometimes that's what you got to do
0: yeah you just have to take the petty wins where you can also took a shit ton of food. Shit ton of food from that diner too.
1: <laughs> careful now, careful.
0: <laughs> it's um, a closed business. Yeah, all right. It's demolished. Fuck right. them.
1: I, I guess you're safe.
0: Yeah, I, I thought about it.
1: <laughs> Wayne Coyne spent waited like twenty years before he started admitting to selling weed when he first started his band.
0: Yeah, that's that's reasonable. He also grew up in a different time at like the height of uh, the war on drugs where it was like a a deliberate push to get rid of minorities and leftists, which were hippies. Yep. So. Again, cancel culture. Let's talk about real cancel culture, can we? Where 20% of the world's population is now our of the world's prison population is our prisoners because of this downstream consequence of that.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, but no, but no, the Twitter thing is like is like uh the night of broken glass, I guess. <laughs> it's the same thing.
1: It's it's all so weird when you when you like try to put any of it into context. Like we're we have ten times more gun violence than the second most violent country in the world. Like that's wild.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and like a, a, oh, and you try to talk about these problems, you try to get talk about the root of the problems, and then it's all about identity politics. You're just preaching about identity politics. Why can't these people find solutions for themselves? It's like, uh, yeah. it's it's it, it pretty much it, yeah, it's abusive, really, really. So,
1: yeah, um, we in 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 a lot of ways after um slavery and segregation came to ends um that's when like what hoods in in inner city neighborhoods all formed that's like where black people like some of the only places black people could go in a lot of parts of the country was to sort of form these communities in these yeah and
0: they and a lot of people forget, too, that they were winning major legislative victories um in the south, like they were very quickly getting the representation that they basically deserved there There's counties in Georgia that were like sixty percent population black when emancipation happened, mm-hmm. so you you would think how immediately like and then it's called, again it's called the great redemption area that's when yeah. white people said no, and yeah. they squashed that shit. Badly. They did the as it, some of these things were more violent than what things that were going on during the civil war. I mean, yeah. You just so. It
1: it's it's all there in context.
0: Yeah. And it's 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 the same talking points. It's the same exact talking points. Um they that, that we hear today about the Georgia election, that like you know, the, the we just need election integrity.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's,
0: yeah, it's 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 no different.
1: Like if if you don't want to sacrifice some of your tax money to giving reparate, rep, rep, reparations to a a, a a subset of the people in this country, you know what? I don't blame you. Nobody nobody willingly gives up something that they have, but um, we're hurting everybody by ignoring the reality of history. And, um, the reality of history is why we have a huge prison industrial complex supported by private business that Mm -hmm. the policy itself has, again, um, perverted law enforcement to, uh, incentivizing increased arrests, increased fines, increased pullovers. It's just, it's all bad, <laughs> and it's all because of the same thing: um, ignorant, uh, ignorant white nationalists who think they're entitled to something that they're not.
0: Yeah, and at at uh, com. Completely willing to reject, you know, principles that this country is ideally founded upon of like uh, egalitarianism and democracy that like doesn't even matter anymore. Um, but that's that's been yeah, that's been the dichotomy since the beginning, and it's not going away anytime soon.
2: No,
1: just still kind of realizing it. Like we've said before,
0: um, yeah, it takes a long time to like get the the veil unlifted.
1: Yeah. It's some about coming of age, but also some about Trump's admin, Trump's reign really woke up something inside me to want to be aware of the forces that are, you know, controlling the country,
2: controlling the world. Um, and, and so I hope that's true
1: for everyone and I hope that we can for once not forget about how important it is for us to keep it in the forefront of our minds moving forward. That we all need to be civically engaged, and yeah the the effectiveness and the effectiveness of our country comes down to the proper um, education of our young people about how to be civically engaged.
0: Yeah, honestly, like epistemology and philosophy should be taught by like grade 6 7.
1: Yeah, uh I I got I have a I have problems with the push for STEM.
0: Well, um, that's not STEM. Again, epistemology is just like teaching people that like your opinions are not sometimes justified.
1: Oh, that's exactly uh, what I mean. Uh I think I think we do ourselves a huge um disservice even if we can't prove it with the data i think we do ourselves a huge disservice by not giving the proper attention to the liberal arts in public schools right
2: yeah
0: definitely yeah absolutely which is yeah basically yeah aren't you like appealing to what i'm saying like isn't yeah, that it, part of yeah the, the, oh yeah. totally yeah totally agree <laughs> yeah philosophy is super important like that's how you understand i don't know cuz like i have always been kind of aware that I've been like a left-leaning person, but I never really fully acknowledged it until I understood like philosophical ideas of like consequentialism and uh, I don't know like I you know, utilitarianism, which of course I even wrote a paper about in college, so it's not like it's foreign to me, it's just like it all lining together grounded myself to have like a foundation of like axiomatic beliefs that like made me understand that i just like ideas and the reason why i like these ideas are what make me left you know it's not that i pick a fucking team it's that after you reason things a certain way you just have to start realizing where your principles lie
1: i as i said earlier my father was a republican um my mom i don't think she was ever really actively political but she would default to Republican any day of the week as well um, it was it was it was going to college and being exposed to other cultures and other ideas and the the density of ideas that you can get in a in a in a college setting or an urban setting yeah um after being there for a few years, my dad actually like I I'd, I I'd do masonry with my dad every summer. And after being in college for a few years, he had trouble
0: radicalized him.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, he, mm-hmm. eventually he started um, coming to my side, but he, he, yeah. he, for like a summer, he thought that like I'd been brainwashed and I was lost. <laughs> truly, truly.
0: Yeah. No, cause that's how it's sold. Cause like, um, the, the Rush Limbaugh talking point is like one of the main ones, like, this almost daily was about the the liberal college colleges taking over our children. Yeah. Um, Which if you want to extend that, you know, the, the historical through line of that uh, to the present today, we hear, do you know who Jordan Peterson is? No. So he is a mammoth of a figure um, as far as uh, people on the right goes. Like he, he has such a huge cult following around him that like, if you try to criticize him, his followers latch onto you like locusts. but basically what he does is he will teach good reasoned things like 10 steps to a better life, clean your room, things like that. Things that make sense uh-huh. basically is becomes these people's dads. And then he throws it in with the, the rise of cultural Marxism is what's mm. going to take over the country. And it gets real bad because mm. cultural Marxism is a conspiracy theory, which is about just like it's like a liberal, uh, institutions taking over the country and what that extensions from the origin of that is cultural bolshevism which was a nazi conspiracy theory that hitler peddled to try to take down the weimar republic um so all you have to do is replace the word liberal college with jew it's the same one-to-one conspiracy theory
1: that if Um, you don't clean your room you become a liberal no.
0: no the cultural marxism stuff Oh no! Yeah, like he'll do the foundational stuff, which is fine, and then he'll try to tie it in with his views on "quote unquote" cultural Marxism, which is what causes problems.
1: Do you think if I clean my room more often, I would start leaning conservative?
0: (laughs) I don't know. I don't think that's what he's like trying to say by saying that. I think he's just trying to. He's like appealing to the individual, the individualism, right? Yeah. Like he said, yeah, he's saying that the collectivist mindset is unnecessary because you just have to clean your room. Like,
1: but do you think it's my liberal leanings that makes me not clean my room? Or do you think it's my not cleaning my room that makes me liberal?
0: That, I don't know. I don't think it's correlated. <laughs> I, th- I think conservatives can be just as messy as liberals.
2: Okay. Okay. <laughs>
0: I mean, basically, like, the comic strip meme that I see, like, in different variances over and over again, making fun of Jordan Peele, it's like, uh, you know, some chubby little 12-year-old, and it's, like, the parents being like, clean your room, and he's like, you, mom and dad, and it's, like, 10 years later, and he's on YouTube, and it's, like, Jordan Peterson being like, now, clean your room, bucko, and it's, like, genius. <laughs> <laughs> It's just all that it is. And then he has like a lot of other reasonable advice too about, I don't know. I don't remember whatever the kind of, uh, self-help advice that has been around for decades. He just repackages that into a cultural Marxism, uh, transgenders are trying to take over the world. And the whole reason he got started on this whole thing is because he used to be a professor and he would, uh, Misgender people, and was told to stop, and he wouldn't stop, so he got fired. And he's like, "Free speech, free speech!" Like, <laughs> that's how wow. he got his. That's how he started his career, like in the YouTube space. And he was considered like one of the intellectual dark web uh, geniuses of the right during like uh, the t- the rise of Trumpism. Who would like push these talking points? It would be like him, Sam Harris, Ben Shapiro, and David Rubin. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and 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 that's 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 basically like where all these talking points and have come from, and why like cent- "quote unquote" central libertarians are just far right talking point vehicles. Really, <laughs> it's because of these people. These people like over the last few years on YouTube until the left tube is finally starting to like make a presence. After all, these motherfuckers got banned and shit.
1: Oh, uh, we we. We, I say there has to be a reaction to the right trying to get their message out. If good people do nothing, then evil wins.
0: Yeah, that's a huge part of Jordan Peterson's stick to like chaos and order like and it's actually funny, too, because he just he actually went on a Twitter storm recently because he Recently, found out, even though it's been around for years, that Cap, uh, writers of Captain America, made the Red Skull like Jordan Peterson. <laughs> oh, shit. Like they, like yeah, they were just recycling like verbatim his talking points and like, like chaos and order, ten rules for a better life, whatever. And like, <laughs> Jordan Peterson got so fucking mad. He's like, I cannot believe the SJWs are coming. <laughs> mm. And the re- and the reason why I do that voice is because he sounds like Kermit the Frog.
1: Well, you look like Kermit the Frog.
0: I know. I was thinking that when I, started- <laughs> I was like, "This is perfect." <laughs> oh man! Yeah, you should go on the Jordan Peterson uh, rabbit hole sometime. It's a trip. He ha- he is one of the most influential people in this country like today like even still he he pushed he, I can't believe he still has the amount of followers after doing this so he pushes an all meat diet right mhm and he went into an actual meat coma like he got so sick he he was gone online for for months months and apparently cuz like he he was he was in a full on coma for like a couple of weeks because he deteriorated his health so bad
1: apparently he was also addicted to opiates yeah Unless I'm misreading that.
0: No, that's something, yeah. I've heard that before. But Joe Rogan would platform all of these motherfuckers and then they would say the wildest shit with no contention whatsoever and it just kind of became like part of the zeitgeist for a long time. Still is.
2: Mm hmm
1: I just... I mean, all it is is a mob of people Telling each other that it's okay to think what they're thinking. Who are just trying to keep as much as they can for themselves. But really, for the most part, they're all actually hurting themselves. It's... I I got to stop being stunned about the conservative position every week cuz it's going to get old but I I can't it won't, reconcile it,
0: won't. It. <laughs> it it won't and it's so much worse than we even talk about so Steven Crowder is another huge YouTube personality like I think he has 3 to 4 million YouTube followers he uh re- last week recreated the George Floyd thing like he acted it out cuz for the lols
1: what's the George Floyd thing
0: the George Floyd thing. Like he recreated like the jerk, like the, the neck on the knee thing. Oh for, oh, oh, for, 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 for eight minutes.
2: Oh shit. For the, yeah. Yeah.
0: Like these people, these people are grotesque.
2: Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. But.
0: And you know, that's a straw man bringing in Crowder and trying to equate him with a larger movement. I, I recognize that, but I still stand by my point.
6: Yeah,
1: well, I think it's hard to not make straw man points when you're talking about. Yeah, it's like it's one thing if you're writing an essay and you can structure everything real nice and tidy. Yeah, they would have to know what their class interests are first. Yeah, uh, the way I see it, a lot of a lot of conservatives are actually. Some of the least um, off people in our country, and, and they tend to side with some of the super elite against their own self interests.
0: Yeah. And then also, what I see so many times to the point where, like, it kind of drives me insane. If you sit down and talk with conservatives almost all the time, they don't like policy wise, they sound like fucking social democrats. <laughs> and then. And then and then they just never will vote for a Democrat. <laughs> it, it blows my
1: mind. But they'll vote for a guy who's never cracked a Bible because he pretends like he has. Yeah, That's all they need. Yeah, Donald Trump's kind of cringe, but look at those lists of policies. Building the wall. Getting the Muslims out of here.
0: <laughs> throwing toilet paper at, <laughs> at Puerto Ricans. Yeah.
1: who have, who have no electricity. Tells.
0: Paper toilet oh, Okay, was that yeah. was. And I, and, I, I just listened to a podcast, and they said toilet <laughs> paper.
1: Just just doing totally erratic things at China for four years. <laughs> yeah, he really destabilized our enemies by being unpredictable.
0: Yeah, that's what happened. You. taking all our troops out of Syria so Russia can like make a <laughs> playground.
1: <laughs> Those are some good optics, man.
0: <laughs> Crazy. It, the optics don't exist in Trump world. I It took me a long time to realize that, but.
1: They only tune in for the speeches. And his speeches lately have been very atrocious.
0: I don't even think they do that. I honestly just think they, whatever's in their media diet, they just take the daily talking points and then that's it. I feel like that's it. I feel like it just doesn't go beyond that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You're right. That's (laughs) why, that's why Tucker is going to be the next president because he's basically got the same exposure Trump had when he was on The Apprentice.
0: I was—I want to say Dan Crenshaw, but he's so so cringe. He was on Joe Rogan. That was actually another clip I wanted to like get to. I don't know if I made a thing for it though. He's gaslighting people on the definition of fascism again, okay. saying that like saying that that there's no Nazis like on the right, and that the real fascists are Antifa. It's—I'm so exhausted with it
1: because Antifa wants everybody to think the way they do.
0: Well, he points, I guess, to the anarchist zone. Well, Uh, they'll bring up the anarchist zones that happened in, like, Seattle, right? That's kind of what he was inferring upon. Is there something
1: fascist about an anarchist zone?
0: Well, they frame it like so you set up a zone that's like that's where your rules are and no one else can, and everyone has to live by your rules, which is fascism. Like, that's how they frame it. Which, there's like, there is a minor element of truth to that. I mean, like, the people that were running these anarchist zones were Pretty authoritarian sometimes, but like it's still such a more nuanced reality than that because these anarchist zones were so much more than people just trying to like seed off territory in a city just to have it. It was like, oh, yeah, uh, it was weeks of culture where we're going on in these places. So they, they'll never acknowledge that, though.
1: At least in like what was it? Portland? Is that where the the big one was? No, uh, Seattle. Seattle. Get them mixed up all the time.
0: At least well, in like, this is fair. A, a lot of the a lot of the protesters interchange, and a lot of like their demonstrations line up on the same uh, day. So, like, yeah,
1: I th- I think there a lot of the organizers were very <laughs> woke to the attention they are getting, and their goal was to set an example for the country, yeah, of a new way, right.
0: Yeah, definitely. And it was also as a reaction to getting run over by a cop, a brother of a cop, so.
1: <laughs> yeah, that too.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, we don't have to watch the clip. I basically did all the commentary I would have done on it. It's just, it's so and he, like, the way he talks, the way he, like, will, uh, he'll do the thing where he puts his fingers on the table, but his but his palm is raised to, like, make him look smarter while he's describing things but the Mm -hmm. things he's are saying are so fucking stupid. (laughs) And I I honestly don't think people on the right are buying it. Like I know, I know the far right hate Dan Crenshaw and, and there was like a a lot of Joe Rogan fans were really upset with that episode because Joe Rogan wasn't doing any pushback and was kind of buying into the the bullshit he was saying.
1: Isn't Joe Rogan kind of, he doesn't strike me as like super left. Am I wrong?
0: He he tries to sell himself as left, and then and but but you know now te- Canada is crumbling. Texas is where it's at. COVID isn't real, or you know, COVID is over exaggerated.
1: Right.
0: Yeah. So he. Yeah. No, no one on the left accepts him, but he sells himself as left, and he. Uh, Let's far right talking points go uncontested. That's where Gavin McGinnis like became mainstream.
1: I think I think <laughs> Joe Rogan fits that um, part of the right. That is like they 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 don't really have like morals. They just believe in like certain conservative values. It's like the the people on the right who watch Family Guy, right? i think joe rogan fits in with them with with them really well
0: well joe rogan's like that to a large degree too because he'll be taking uh he'll be loving these talking points from dan crenshaw about how ubi is a bad thing and he'll completely absorb it and agree with him vocally but uh months ago he had on andrew yang and was talking about how awesome ubi was so that's weird yeah um he's just making too
1: much money now
0: yeah, I think I think he's taken money from right wing to grift more than he used to, to be honest, cuz that's the thing that happens. David like of obviously, David Rubin is an example of that. He lives in a fucking mansion now. He was not making that money when he was working at the Young Turks. Um
2: Yeah, but
1: but but fucking Bernie Sanders is the one we have to worry about becoming a
2: millionaire. <laughs> right? Oh yeah, I don't see UBI
1: necessarily leveling the playing field. I just see it um taking care of basic needs for people so that people can focus on um focus on some sort of duty or mission or career or goal in their life yeah. without being without needing to be preoccupied with where their next meal is going to come from, where their shelter is going to come from.
0: Exactly. Yeah. The purpose of UBI is not to create a a quality of outcome. It's supposed to uh, create a quality of opportunity.
2: I like that.